Welcome everybody to a Hope Alive Church podcast. This is Pastor Andy. We hope that you enjoy the word today. We hope that it grows, stretches you. We love you. We'll see you soon. We said last week that we are spirit structured, which means we are built on the spirit. Where the spirit leads, we'll follow. I said where the spirit leads, we will follow. He tells us to stay and pause and sit, we'll stay, pause and sit. If he tells us to rise up, walk, progress, move forward, we'll, we'll, we'll go. If he says be quiet, we won't say a word. If he says speak up, we refuse to be quiet. We want to follow the voice of the Holy Spirit. Thank God. Can we thank God for our worship team? Don't they always do a great job leading us in the presence of God? Hallelujah. Man, it's a beautiful moment to be in this house. I, I want to finish this series up today, but I might not get to everything. But I want to finish this series up today because the Lord has specifically marked March for miracles. And he's already started speaking to me about miracles. And I'm already preparing and hearing from the voice of the Lord because I really believe that there are miracles in the house, miracles in the making. So I really want you to put your faith on that. Agree with us. Agree with me. Agree with us. Let's agree corporately that miracles belong to the body of Christ. I'm tired of being of church that just hears about miracles that happened way back in the past. I want to see blind eyes open. I want to see deaf ears open. I want to see I want to see people who have been told they weren't going to live. My brother Javier is over here told he wasn't going to make it, wasn't going to make it through. But we prayed and things changed. I said we prayed and things happened. Am I right? Things happened. I, I just really believe that God has that for us as a church. But I want to finish today with, with the, the last of these core values. How many of you have been here for this core values series? Amen. We've been talking about discipleship. Let's say it together. Let's say, I am devoted to discipleship. I am community-centered. I am family-focused. I am a generous giver. I am spirit-structured. Today, I want to give you the last and final of our core values. It says, I am leading leaders. I am leading leaders. Are you a follower or are you a leader? Are you somebody that follows society or are you a leader in this world that we live in? Leadership has an incredible role in the body of Christ because we have the answers. Y'all missed a good place to say amen. I said we have the answers. Everything that's broken in this world, the answers are right here in this book right here. Everything that's wrong with this world, the answers to broken families are found in this book. The answers to addiction are found in this book. The answers to mental health are found in this book. The answers to family violence are found in this book. The, the answers are here. We have the answers, and if we are not leading in the areas that we have been called to, that we are, we are underserving the communities that we are in. 
underserving the offices we work in, underserving the schools that we are in. Leadership is not just a position. Leadership is a spiritual responsibility. Leadership is not just a, 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 just a title on the, on the nameplate on your desk. Because how many knows we've seen some leaders that had a title but had no leadership in them? I've at times been a leader that had a title, but my leadership was suffering because I lost focus on what it means to be a leader. Being a leader is not a title that you're given. Being a leader is, is not a position that you're, uh, it, it is qualities that builds a person is what makes a leader. It is an assignment that's given to us that makes a leader. It is a clear path, a vision that makes one a leader. Even in this service, uh, there is a responsibility I have in this service to be a leader. There's a responsibility you have in your home to be a leader. If you have children, whether you like it or not, you are a leader. If you are a manager or you have peers that you work with, you are a leader. If you have grandchildren, if you have nieces and nephews, whether you know this or not, you are leading them to something. What in the world are you leading them to? Why don't you just ask yourself that question for where are you, where are you going? Much less where are you taking everybody with you, but where are you yourself going? Because as a believer, we have been called, we have been marked, we have been assigned to be a leader. Say that, I am a leader. Now, not just line leader like you did in kindergarten. Not just, not just potty break leader. Not just an office leader, but you are assigned to be a spiritual leader to this world as well. Because your faith has engaged that. Your faith has marked you from that. And when we have faith in Jesus, how many of you got faith in Jesus? It enhances our leadership ability. Say amen to that. It strengthens us as leaders. It doesn't make us perfect. It gives us that supernatural. You know, when you put your natural with his super, it becomes supernatural. It is that supernatural opportunity that leaves a lasting impact on others. When you are a leader, you, you look at a project and you say, I've got I've to build a project. But when you are a faith leader, you look at a person and say, I've got to build a person. Worldly leaders use people to build projects. Faith leaders use projects to build people. We are in the people building business. And one of the core values of Hope Alive Church is we don't want to just build churchgoers. I want to build worshipers. I want us to build leaders. I want us to build people who are not afraid at the safety meeting at work to say, can I pray over our company today? I want to build, uh, and I know uh, it's the heart of this ministry to build young people to begin to be bold to share their faith in the community. It's our heart in this ministry to build teenagers who are not afraid before the ball game to say, if nobody else is going to pray, do you mind if I pray over our team? That's what it means to not just lead followers. I don't, I could care less to lead a church full of followers, but let me tell you what excites me is when we lead people who know who they are in Christ and know that they are the light in a dark and dying world. I want to lead leaders. Everybody say lead leaders. 
Christian leaders understand who they're, who they're really building. Christian leaders understand the greater purpose of why they're alive. They're not here just to get a check. We thank God for the checks, amen. But it's more than just a check. Because some of you have been in jobs they couldn't pay you enough to stay. Because you, you couldn't tap into your purpose. When you're a child of God, there's, a, there's an instinctive purpose on the inside of you that has to be fulfilled. And clocking in and clocking out is not the end result. The end result is can I be used in the light, in the community, in the position that I'm in? Can I be used? Can my light be used to push back darkness? Leaders who are full of faith, they don't separate themselves from their faith on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Oh, let me pastor you here this morning. They're not one person in the boardroom and then another person in the church house. Real leaders know they're just like a, you ever made a cake and, and you followed the directions and you, you put the eggs in, you put the oil in, you put the milk in, and then you bake the cake. You know, at the end result, once the cake is baked, you can't take the eggs back out of the cake. You can't take the oil back out of the cake. You cannot ask God to complete you and finish you and, and, and save you and then you take certain parts out of you on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night. Hello, somebody. Real leaders know I am who I am wherever I am. There's only one of me and I am the same person here that I am on location when I pull up. I'm the same person here when I clock into my floor uh, at the hospital to work. I'm the same person. We gotta get rid of this dual Christianity. This, this, and it's not even dual anymore. Sometimes it's multiple personalities. We don't know what part we're getting of some people. Y'all don't want this kind of preaching. You want more of that worship and stuff. We don't know who we getting. Are we getting the psycho you or are we getting the holy pray you? Who are we getting here? We gotta, we gotta set that duality aside and come back into the fullness, the completion, the oneness of who God created us to be, spirit, soul, and body. Uh, those three parts all designed into one person that we are the same leader in the community that we are here. I love to see men come to this altar and worship. Do you love that? I love that. I think we're blessed here. I'm challenging more men to come to the altar. I love it. But I can't wait to the point we see men out in the community being evangelists as well. It's easy sometimes to come in here and worship. Can we be the leader? in the? When I think of leadership, I think of a great biblical model, Moses. I think of what Numbers said as Moses had passed away. Number Deuteronomy rather says, since then Israel had never had a prophet like Moses. The Lord knew him face to face. Does God know you face to face? Or does he only hear from you on the weekends? Oh, that one hit a nerve right there, I can tell. The Lord knew him face to face, the Bible says. Moses did many signs and amazing things, and the Lord sent him to do them in Egypt. Moses did them against Pharaoh. You know the story. Against the officials, against the whole land, and no one had ever had the power that Moses had, and no one had done the wonderful acts that he did inside of all the Israel. This was a leader. This was a powerful 
generational. This was a story-changing leader. When people meet you, do you change their story? When people encounter you, do they say things about you like, I don't know who, what he is or what she is, but they know something I want to know. As believers, we're called to be more than followers. I'm tired of followers. The church lost its voice because we became followers. The church lost the, lost the ability to influence society because we became followers instead of leaders. And it's time the body of Christ be the God-led leaders that he called us to be. Say amen to that. Moses was a great example of that. When I think of Moses, I picture him with the rod in his hand standing at the Red Sea. You know the story. Pharaoh's army behind him. Mountains on either side. And an impossible situation in front of him. But the Lord gave him instructions. This is a word for somebody here this morning. Your situation looks impossible. But if you will listen, the Lord doesn't want you defeated. He'll give you uh, instructions to get you out. Good leaders, when they see a problem, they don't see a problem. They're listening for a solution. God-led leaders, are not, they're not just whining and crying and sitting down and pouting in the dirt. They're standing up and they're saying, God, you see the army behind me. You see the mountains on either side and you see this impossible situation ahead of me. What shall I do? The Bible, spoke, the Bible says the Lord spoke to Moses and gave him instructions. And what happened? The water began to recede. The, uh, the two million uh, Israelites uh, crossed over on dry ground. You know the story. And then when Pharaoh's army got into the, the, the same riverbed, the, the, the seabed, the, the walls of water uh, closed in on the enemy and the enemy was defeated in a moment simply because they, they listened to the instruction of the Lord instead of whined and cried and bellyached about what they were up against. Your bellyaching ain't doing nothing for you spiritually. No, that's a word. That you're, you're crying and you're whining and you're cussing and you're discussing and all the things you're doing ain't doing nothing for you spiritually. If you're going to be the leader God called you to be, I can almost hear the, the water standing if I close my eyes, I have an imagination. Y'all pray you never get in my head because this thing is wild up here, amen. But, but uh, I, have, I can smell the water. I feel like I can see the water. I feel like I can hear the thunder of horses behind me. And in that moment, I see a great leader who was unafraid to do what God had called him to do. And what happened? An entire nation, two million Israelites were delivered because of a leader. But the truth is he was fearful. The truth is he was doubtful. The truth is he had a speech impediment. The truth is he had issues and he had things that he had to work through. Just because you are not perfect does not qualify, disqualify you from being a leader. In fact, I would dare to say it is those things that make you lean closer into the things of God. Paul said, if it had not been for the thorn in my side, I would not pray. Had it not been for the trials and the tribulations, he struggled with his identity. He, he struggled with insecurity. And he still was one of the Bible's greatest examples of leadership. Why is that? Because he refused to be a follower. If he stayed a follower, he would still be in Egypt. He refused to be a follower. He said, I'm going to rise to the occasion despite my circumstances, despite my insufficiencies. I'm going to be what God had called me to be and triumph and be a leader. And I'm so glad that he's the leader that he was. Are you leaving that kind of lasting leadership on the life that you're living? If not, what the heck are you doing with your life? 
That's the King James, King Cliff version. I don't know. What the heck are you doing? You waiting on somebody to take you to the promised land? You waiting on somebody to hold your hand through tribulations and trials? The same God that Moses served is the same one that you pray to. Can I say that again? The same one that delivered two million Jews out of bondage, out of addiction, out of slavery, out of poverty can deliver you too. But are you going to wait for good? I'm just waiting on good things to happen. I'm just waiting on my big red boat, babe. Ain't no water around here coming with a big red boat for you. You're going to have to step out and be who God called you to be and be the leader. I don't want to lead followers. You come to this church and you're just following me. You can hang on for a little bit, but we're going to outrun you fast. Because we want to go towards the thing God has. you got to be a leader in your own community. I want to give you three factors that make lasting leaders. Three factors that make lasting leaders. Number one, the isolation factor. Real leaders are not afraid to be alone. Because real leadership requires seasons of loneliness. Oh, let me, let me preach that just a second because some of y'all think you're always going to have an audience cheering you on as you're doing what God's called you to do. But the truth of the matter is you're going to have an accuser telling you you're doing wrong and you got to be comfortable in what God told you to do even if it's by yourself. Isolation. Isolation. See, the truth of the matter is the great leader that Moses was didn't start at the Red Sea. It started when he was isolated. It started when Pharaoh had decreed a decree around the world, around the country, around the nation, that all the young, the firstborn male children were to be killed. And his mother packed him in the little basket, Jochebed, and she sailed him down the Nile River. You ever been sailed down the river? You ever been left to yourself? You ever never knew where you were going or what you were doing or who my mama was or who my daddy was or who my friends were and here I am all alone in the middle of vulnerability by myself? Have you ever had to pray for yourself by yourself? Have you ever had to do what David did and encourage yourself by yourself? Have you ever had to get in your bedroom by yourself? No musicians, no trap. You just had to praise the Lord by yourself. Moses went through a season where he was by himself. Before you get to the Red Sea, you're going to have to be comfortable being by yourself. Not everybody's going to like you. Not everybody's going to vote like you. Not everybody's going to do what you think is right. Not everybody's going to welcome you to the party. In fact, the truth is you're probably going to go in that season of isolation. You're going to go through a little rejection. You're going to go through a little isolation. You're going to go through a little separation. In fact, the Bible says that Pharaoh's daughter, once she found Moses, she called his name Moses because she pulled him out of the water. She, draw, she drew him out of the water. Moses was pulled out and separated. I want to tell you, as a leader, you are going to face times where you are drawn out from everybody else. You are not going to fit in. We need, as Christians and believers, we need to stop trying to fit in a dying world. I feel like I could get a better response than that. We as believers should stop trying to be approved in a world that will never approve us. We need to be comfortable being separate. 
separated. The word says you have to come out from among the darkness. You have to come out from among the things that are holding you back. You got as a leader, you got to be willing to stand even if it's by yourself. If everybody in your family goes one direction, will you stand for what is right even if you stand all alone? This is a word for somebody here today. A baby all alone. In the infancy of leadership, you don't know whether you're coming or going. You're just floating all by yourself, exiled, unimportant, feeling unwanted. But I'm telling you, if you're in a season of isolation, it's probably because God is setting you up for a season of a Red Sea victory. Be cool with being alone. Some of you single people, be cool with staying who you are before you hook up with somebody that'll drown you. And if you don't believe what I'm saying, read the word about what it takes and what talks about being yoked to somebody that'll pull you down instead of you being able to be who God called you to be. If you're in a season of isolation, quit discussing and whining about, well, Pastor Cliff, I'm lonely. Leadership is lonely. Pastor Cliff, somebody else has somebody. You cannot compare your journey to somebody else. To be the leader God called you to be, you got to stand tall. You got to stand firm. You got to put the spirit of God inside of you. And you got to say, I don't care who it separates me from or associates me with. I'll be who God called me to be. Isolation. Leaders have to embrace the fact that you might have to stand alone because you're standing for what is right. You might have to stand alone if you're going to stand for what is right. We cannot be afraid to be alone because God doesn't let you fit in for a reason. God doesn't let you fit in. You have been isolated for a greater purpose. If you are in a season of isolation, you're in good company. Jesus was isolated. David was isolated. Uh, uh, John the Baptist out in the wheel, isolated. You're going to go through seasons of isolation. And I feel like in order for you to be the leader, and, and, and you're going to have to do what, mom, what the, Moses' mom did, and you're going to have to let some people go. Oh, that's a word for somebody. You're holding on to your own death and destruction by holding on to relationships that no longer serve you anymore. Because you don't want to make them mad. I want to tell you, if they don't fit into your destiny, don't you dare hold on to them any longer. Pastor Cliff, I feel, I feel like I'm just going to hurt their feelings. I would rather hurt their feelings and save their life. Because if you go down, they go down with you. Ain't no needing both of y'all going down. Holding on to people you've outgrown will do more damage than good. You've got to learn to be alone. The isolation factor. Number two, the exposure factor. See, the Bible says Pharaoh's daughter found Moses in the river. And she said, oh, this is one of the Hebrews' babies. She had compassion on the baby. She brought the baby into a place he was not familiar. She brought the baby 
into a place he did not fit in and probably felt like he was an outsider inside that room. I'm done with the separation message, but I feel like it's, it's worth saying one time. You could be still in a room full of people and still be an outsider. She pulled him in and, and, and he began to grow up in a place he did not belong. He began to be exposed. Had he not been separated, he would never been exposed to a new way of living. Some of you are so afraid of, of separation, but really what God's trying to do is to expose you to something you would not have learned in the camp of the Hebrews. You would not have learned in your own little comfort zone. You had to be separated in order to change your mentality because it was in Pharaoh's house that little Hebrew slave perspective was able to see what it means to manage multiple people. To begin to see what it means to manage resources for a nation. To see what it means to, to know how to hold and know how to save. And he learned something in the house of Pharaoh that he would not have seen. And that is because God was preparing him to manage two million Jews. He was preparing him to manage the problems that he would find in the future. And, and, and he was exposed in Pharaoh's house to skills and conversations and perspectives and persuasions that he would not have known. You will not be the leader God called you to be if all you do is hang out with people that look like you, talk like you, sound like you. And all you do is limit your leadership ability because you refuse to be ignorant in another situation. Welcome the ignorance. Welcome the learning process. Get around some people that do things a little different than you. Because then you can learn to be the leader God called you to be when you are exposed to somebody else's perspective. Our cultures are all so different. But I believe some of the roots of racism are found because people refuse to cross the lines and learn about cultures that are different than them. They disrespect what they do not understand. And the truth of the matter is the beauty of the tapestry of ours, our entire world was handcrafted by the artist himself as he put black and white and brown and yellow and red and all colors together. And, and you can be what God called you. We don't have to be uniform to be unified. We can be different. We can talk different. We can do our hair differently. We can lift into different music and, and cook differently and make up a beautiful tapestry. Why? Because we say we will be exposed. We willingly submit ourselves to being exposed to something we didn't know. That's real leadership. Real leadership is not afraid to be the dumbest one in the room. By dumbest, I don't mean can't talk. I mean most ignorant, most unlearned in the room. Because we're willing, we're willing as leaders to, in order for greatness to come out of you, exposure to new things is necessary. In order for Moses to be the great leader God called him to be, he had to be exposed. And the last thing is the irritation factor. The isolation, the exposure, and the irritation. One day Moses grew up in the, in the, in Pharaoh's, you know, in Egypt. And one day, he was walking and he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew. The Bible says he was walking and he saw this man, this Egyptian, beating one of his brothers. One of his own. And it irritated him. 
It irritated, bothered him. He became so discontent, the Bible says he took matters in his own hand and he killed the Egyptian and buried him in the sand. You will most likely find what God is going to lead you to by highlighting the things that irritate your soul. Most of the major moves in our nation's uh, history, uh, good, bad, and different, came from, from the origin of people who were irritated by something. People were irritated about being uh, 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 secluded or oppressed, uh, segregated. People were irritated about struggling. You, 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 you succeed because you're tired of living at the bottom. Why do you work hard? Because you're tired of doing without. Why do you work on fixing your marriage? Because you're tired of fighting. Why do you want to see your kids be saved? Because you're tired of seeing young people in your life being in, being in the front of churches in caskets. Real leaders take action in the things that irritate their soul. I am discontent with religion. I'm so freaking sick of it. That's the Cliff International version. I hate religion. I'm an enemy of religion. It irritates my soul because it paints a picture of something that Christ did not die for. It bothers me. Somebody asked me one time, why don't you preach in a suit? Because pimps wear suits and that don't make them holy. <laughs> Presidents wear suits and they got problems too. What I, my greater question is, why didn't you hear anything I said just because I got jeans and Nikes on? That's the problem with our society. We would rather look at what they're wearing instead of what they're saying. And then we wonder why we fall in love with weirdos. Because we forget to look at their heart because we're steady looking at their body parts. Thirty-six, twenty-four, thirty-six, and she don't know how to pray for you. He got a nice car, but he has some crappy character. And you'd rather be seen in a nice car than you would be married to somebody that can take you somewhere. And we have been comfortable with the things that should irritate us. Leadership is, includes irritation. Real leaders, they struggle to be content. Because, Miss Angie, when we get here, it's time to go here. And when we get here, Nina, it's time to go here. And Pastor Brandon, when we reach this level of ministry, now this is the bottom in now. And it's time to go here. It irritates me to stay the same. Real leaders lead into the irritation. Moses was living in the life of luxury. He had a BMW chariot. You know? He had Gucci sandals. Hello. Bling, bling, yo. But one day in the middle of all the luxury, in the middle of all the, 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 the comforts, something struck him differently. 
And he began to say, I can't, I can't tolerate this anymore. Who will be the one in your family that says, I can't tolerate the alcohol addiction anymore? I can't do it. I'm not. Who's going to be the one in your family that says, I'm tired of everybody sleeping with everybody? Who's going to be the one in your office that says, I'm tired of us treating the new girl this way. Somebody's got to stand up and be the leader God called you to be. Who is it? Because the church is weak when we're silent. Cannot be silent. We cannot hold back. Well, they might think I'm weirdo. They already think you're weird. Lean into it, baby. We're all weird. Look at us. First Peter 2, 9 says we're supposed to be. We're supposed to stand out. If you can find what you're called to, you can find what you're called to by looking at the areas that irritate your spirit. What will you stop the curse at? Who will be the one to take control of the curses of your family? It will be the leaders. Moses, Moses saw the man and he killed him and he ran to the desert. What does that say? He's back in an isolation season. 40 years in the desert after that. 40 years he could no longer tolerate. I am, I am. That captivity and he ran to the desert, but it was in the desert he learned how to find the water. It was in the desert he learned where the trees were. It was in the desert he learned how to find his way where there seemed to be no way. It was in the desert he found his wife. It was in the desert he worked through his insecurities. And it was in the desert he was assigned his father-in-law's sheep. This is why being assigned to something has so much to do with your destiny. Assigned and submitted. He, he began to tend sheep out in the wilderness 40 years. He began to work. He had a leader. Good leaders have leaders. Selfish people think they're the only one that can lead them. Selfish people think they're the only person that has a, a head on their shoulder in their lives. He had a father-in-law and he was serving. In the middle of his serving, he was tending sheep and the bush began to talk to him. It caught on fire and it began to say, Moses, you remember 40 years ago when you saw the people, your people oppressed by Pharaoh, he said, I have a big assignment. I feel like the Lord is telling somebody today, he has a big assignment for you. Be faithful to tend the sheep. Be faithful to the flock. Be submitted to authority. Be faithful to shepherding the sheep. Because it was in that burning bush, he said, go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. I feel like a burning uh, 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 messenger right now to tell you, tell your family. Tell the devil, let my family go. Let addiction go. Let mental health go. Not, not mental health, but mental incapacities. Let them go. Or will you stay building bricks for the devil for the rest of your life? Some are cool with that. Some have got so used to the change, you don't want freedom anymore. But if you heard anything I said to you, listen to this one thing. In the middle of me tending to my sheep today, 
the Lord has told me to tell the devil, let my people go. Let my church go. It took 10 plagues for Pharaoh to finally let them go. But on the 10th one, God said, tell Pharaoh tonight. If they and tell the Hebrews to paint the blood of a lamb over the doorpost because tonight I'm sending the death angel into the camp. And every place I see the blood applied, I will pass over that house and I will spare their house. I'm here to tell you, you better apply the blood to your family and to your children and to your business. Because one of these days the Lord's gonna come for his church and he will look for the blood. They painted the blood, and finally, the nation of Israel came out of Egypt because the blood got them out. They went through the water. They went through the water of the Red Sea because, because the Red Sea washed away their enemies. They got into the wilderness, and they followed the pillar of fire and the cloud by day and the fire by night because that was that leadership that was leading them to the promised land. I just can't help but see the precursor of what the Messiah would be when the Messiah would apply the blood and pull his people out of slavery. When the Messiah would shed his own blood and sin that used to have us captive wouldn't have us captive anymore. And then I can't help but see when we got in the waters of baptism and the waters of baptism washed away the enemy of our life. And then when I got filled with the Holy Ghost and fire, I can't help but see the Holy Ghost was leading me to the promise every day of my life. Am I crazy? You can call me what you want to, but I got out by the blood, I got delivered by the water, and I'm being led by the fire. Our worship team is coming. Listen to me close. Moses did not get into the promised land himself. He didn't. He didn't. He left a mantle of leadership on the next generation. Stand with me all over this room. Here's the word for you today. Prayer team, come. The Lord has his hands open. Clinton, it says that Moses, as God was with Moses, God was also with Joshua. A few months ago, I preached about crossing over, and they did cross over, but it was because somebody accepted the mantle of leadership. Somebody accepted the call to go into the promised land themselves. What I'm here to tell you today is this. Hear my words. <laughs> the mantle of leadership is a kingdom assignment. It's not a title you work your way up the corporate ladder to get. The mantle of leadership doesn't need a position of management to be a leader of people. The mantle of leadership is a holy anointing. It's a willingness and an openness to say, I know where I need to go and I know who I need to take with me there. Where are the leaders? Are you waiting for someone to give you a title 
Because I want to tell you the title won't do you no good. Are you waiting on somebody to, to just open the door for you? If you're waiting on people, they'll never open it fast enough. But Joshua, he saw the assignment. I'm not going to be able to get to it all, but he saw the assignment. And he stepped up and he said, I will lead them from here on. He said, Moses' isolation was not in vain. His exposure is what taught me what I know today. All of these things make up leadership. He didn't enter the promised land, but his legacy did. And here's, here's what I'm telling you parents, grandparents, tias and tios and uncles and aunts. You got to be the leader God called you to be. The next generation is behind you watching you. And they will pick up what you lay down. They will pick up what you lay down. Hope Alive Church is blessed. But standing over here to my right is my mama. My dad's not in here in the room today. But both of them carried me. And, I, and, and at the, 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 the bottom of her, her skirt as a little boy and at the bottom of his jacket, I watched what worked and what didn't work. And little by little, I had to pick up a mantle of leadership. And so do you. Maybe you won't pastor a church. Maybe you will. But I guarantee you'll pastor a family. Maybe you won't be a missionary to a, a third world country, but I guarantee you'll be a missionary to an office building. Maybe you'll never apostle churches, but you will apostle a move of God in your family. Where are the leaders? We're going to spill over a little on time, but we're going to pray for everybody that wants to receive a mantle of leadership. The prayer team, I texted them all at five something this morning. I said, here's your prayer assignment today. Today, the Lord will lay a mantle of leadership upon people. Today, people in this room thinking you could never do it. But today, when we lay our hands on you, I declare and decree that you will know that you know that he didn't give you the success that he's given you for you to just keep it to yourself. He gave it to you so that you could change a generation to come. Close your eyes all over this room. Where are the leaders? Where are the leaders? They're going to sing a song of worship. And as they sing, I want to invite you to come. I want you to invite, I want to invite you to let someone lay their hands on you and pray that a mantle of kingdom lead, come on, they're coming now. A mantle of kingdom leadership would be placed on you and your family. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on. Well, we hope that you enjoyed today's message. Follow us on our social media platforms. You can also go to our website, download our app. Uh, we always have great things happening. You can follow what's going on. We love you. We'll see you later.